0: welcome to fruit snacks a weekday podcast that covers big ideas about the christian worldview in a bite-sized format hey everyone welcome back to fruit snacks now, I know I mentioned on yesterday's episode that our main focus is going to be the problem of evil, but I didn't want to throw out everything that we'd done on past seasons of fruit snacks. And so for that reason, on one episode a week, probably going to be on Tuesdays, we're going to continue the trend of looking at a passage of scripture. And I'm going to be alternating because we we did pretty well in exhausting the majority of parables Uh, Of Jesus in the Gospels. So I'm going to sort of take that off the table and we're going to alternate on Tuesdays this season between continuing to cover Psalms and Proverbs. And so today we're going to look at Psalm 11 and we're going to continue to look at these books throughout this season for a couple of reasons. One, I didn't want to completely do away with any Any deep look into scripture, whether it ends up being a more devotional episode or something profound, I just feel like continuing to be consistent with spending time in scripture weekly is important. And second, there are going to be times throughout this season where the topic of the week is just really heavy. And I have a feeling for a while, that's going to be the case. And so there are going to be times where either the scripture at hand is uh, somehow going to inform the topic of the week, and it's going to have something to sort of say and tie in, or it's going to serve as a point of basically coming up for air, taking a deep breath and just uh, relaxing for a minute to just Spend some time with God, reconnect with God in the midst of what can be some really difficult topics. And so, for all those reasons, it's just too important to not do. And so, we're going to continue. Uh, and so, in Psalm 11, uh, I'm not going to read it today, but it is a very brief Psalm. So, if you'd like to pause and go ahead and read it, go for it. This is a psalm that could definitely fall into that bucket category of imprecatory psalms, which we have covered briefly. Uh, this idea that an imprecatory psalm is basically a psalm where the writer is calling down judgment upon his enemies. In fact, calling for their their physical death, that their their life would just be ended, would be snuffed out. Yet, the distinguishing mark of an imprecatory psalm is that the writer is imploring the Lord to do this. The Lord to take this action. And the action is never in the hands of the writer or the psalmist. And so they're imploring God to do something to do to defend them, to vindicate them, and to do so violently at times. And yet the, the ultimate decision of whether or not this happens is always left up to the Lord and his discretion. And that's important. Now, generally, I'll just say that this psalm is a big contrast overall. And it contrasts the the hopelessness of successfully overcoming the wicked in the first three verses with hope that the Lord will overcome them. And we see that in verses four through seven. And I don't want us to skip too quickly over the first part of this psalm because th- thematically there's a lot of similarities here to this season's focus on the problem of evil. Because when we look at the world, at life, at whatever, from our own earthly perspective, things may and, and often do seem overwhelming and hopeless I don't know about you, but as I look at the world today, right now, I see a lot of just wickedness. I see a lot of godlessness. It is a overall pretty bleak situation if we're just looking at things from a human perspective as they stand. And this is why, just like the psalmist does here, this is why the only real answer for what about wickedness and what about all this stuff that's happening in the world is to look up from our perspective to the Lord's perspective and to put hope and trust and faith in him, that there are certainly ways in which we as believers can fight back against the wickedness that we see in the world And often we as believers are encouraged to do things like that, whether that's getting involved in our community, getting involved in the political landscape and and any any tools that we have at our disposal ought to be used if we are able to leverage them to try and lead people to Christ to try and somehow tamp down or, or or put a damper on the wickedness in the world if we can if we can use our influence that we are given to somehow make things less bad then that is a thing we ought to do but I don't want us to get confused because it's very easy for that to become a trap of saying that well, That this is the only way or that this ultimately is the way in which God wants us to to focus all of our efforts. I was talking with my dad just today about the fact that so many Christians are putting their hope and their trust in whatever happens in this world as if God's not going to create a new one. This is not the world that we are going to somehow reform and then hand over to God to live on for eternity. God is going to wipe this place out and he's going to start over. And so while we need to do our very best, we have a duty to try and be light and salt in the world that ultimately cleaning this place up is not really in the cards. And so we are not going to defeat wickedness on our own as Christians. We need to be light and salt in the world, but our hope is ultimately not that things are going to somehow turn around. Our hope is in the Lord. Our hope is that we know that ultimately he will rule and reign. Ultimately, he will come back and set things right. Ultimately, everyone will get exactly what they deserve unless you believe in Jesus. And then you won't get what you deserve. You'll get something so, so much more wonderful, and that's an eternity with Jesus. But our hope is in this ultimate plan, and that includes our hope and our trust being placed in God's, not only his plan, but the timing of that plan and the sovereignty that he has over all things. It might look bad, but I want to encourage you, brothers and sisters, that no matter how bad it looks God is never caught by surprise. And that even though from our perspective things might look hopeless, if we look above to the Lord's perspective, there is always, always hope.